Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished and senior professional from New York, USA, Dr. Amanda Crowell. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Uh, Amanda is a cognitive psychologist, a speaker, a podcaster, and an author. She's an author, and all of you know I'm very partial to authors. She's an <laughs> author of a book titled Great Work and the creator of the Great Work Journals. Uh, she also coaches accidental entrepreneurs in the Great With community. So, uh, Amanda, before we get into your book and coaching, tell me a little bit about your own journey. Yeah. So I am a cognitive psychologist, as you mentioned, and I thought for a really long time that my journey would be very predictable. I would go to college, then I would go to graduate school, then I would be a professor. And I was surprised to discover once I was actually graduated with my PhD and doing a postdoctoral fellowship mm -hmm. that I didn't want to go directly into a professorship, that it felt a little far away from the front lines of the you know people and impacting them and really understanding what people were going through and, and how to help them. Hmm. So I took a little bit of a left turn and went into consulting um, and learned a lot while I was in consulting about um, the kind of coaching that I now do with people in the great work community. Um, which is very improvement focused, which is mm -hmm. about making small shifts in your in the moments of your life to drastically change um, how your life feels and your level of accomplishment without having to take drastic steps mm -hmm. um, that can feel really uncomfortable and too big. And so mm -hmm. once I did that with schools and organizations in the consulting capacity, mm -hmm. I realized, wait a second, these are the same lessons that an individual could use in their just regular life. And mm -hmm. I did a TED talk called three reasons you're not doing what you say you will do, mm -hmm. which just took off like a rocket. Like by the time I saw that it had dropped, it had 50,000 views or something. And since wow. then it's had about 2 million views. And I think it sort of just resonated with people. And that's mm -hmm. when I knew there's something here that we all need to just think about a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So uh, let's talk about your book. You know, your book is uh, titled Great Work. Um, mm -hmm. Tell me about your book and what was your hypothesis when you started to write it? Yeah, so Great Work is a book about doing the work that having the courage and the discipline and mm -hmm. the sort of skills to do the work that matters the most to you. Mm -hmm. And my hypothesis, well, it's interesting because I created the Great Work Journals mm -hmm. before I wrote the book, Great Work. Mm -hmm. And the Great Work Journals are a time management system, mm -hmm. a whole person time management system to help you do your great work without ever feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a fairly straightforward system that would be so obvious to everybody how to use it and, and what the why I was doing what I was doing. Yeah. And then as I was describing it to people and explaining it to people, they were sort of blown away by it. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was such a big, like, revolution. Mm -hmm. So then I realized, well, I really need to explain this to people. So I started just writing a time management book. Mm -hmm. But while I was writing it and really explaining what great work was and how important it is and what a difference it makes in people's lives, mm -hmm. I realized that it was much more than that. It's almost mm -hmm. like a, a philosophy book about 
making choices to do the work that matters to you, as opposed to spending all of your effort and energy uh, meeting expectations and trying to please everyone and doing what what you've been told you would be great at, as opposed to the work that really speaks to you from inside of you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm, very interesting. And and how do you define the phrase great work? Yeah. So it's it's a it's a great question because it's it really is the the quintessential it depends answer because mm-hmm. it depends on what's inside of you. Correct. So the individual is the only person who can decide what their great work is. Mm-hmm. I've met people who are wildly successful but they don't feel like what they did to become wildly successful is their great work. Mm -hmm. They were just good at it. Mm -hmm. They were just successful. They had, you know, opportunities, they took them, but it never really spoke to them. It never really lit them up. It never really made them feel whole or alive. Mm -hmm. And I've had people who are not wildly successful, who have been just really trying their hardest to make it in a very competitive industry, like Mm -hmm. poetry or Broadway or fashion And yet they feel like, no, no matter what my outward success looks like, Mm -hmm. it is my great work because Mm -hmm. it does call to me from the inside. It does really matter to me. Correct. 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 Yeah. You know, know, so it's also uh, the context of how you are setting Mm -hmm. your own parameters and what you define great to be, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like you're more likely people will say like, is great work does is it like aligned with success Mm -hmm. and the interesting thing about it is you are more likely to be successful if you're doing your great work because you'll bring your full cognitive capacity your full emotional energy the full power of your network to that work Mm -hmm. and those are the things that predict success Mm -hmm. but it's not it's not tied up with success Mm -hmm. it's distinct from it Mm. very interesting you know when i was reading about you i also read an interesting comment that you make that you know, to achieve a meaningful career based on one's personal distinctive talents. Help Mm -hmm. me understand this uh, maybe with an example. Yeah. So I think that very often, and I, you know, like we're all sort of enculturated Mm -hmm. and it's appropriate. I'm not saying it's wrong, but Mm -hmm. we're enculturated to the idea that our elders, our teachers, our parents, our the people who are older than we are and further along in their path, they have wisdom and we should follow their wisdom and then we'll be more likely to be successful. Mm-hmm. And that's true. It is true that we should learn from the wisdom of others. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there comes a time also where if the wisdom of the of the community or the culture or the pack starts mm-hmm. to diverge from what feels right inside of you, mm-hmm. that you have to switch over from defaulting or deferring to the expectations Mm. and you know wisdom of the crowd and follow the wisdom inside yourself Mm. and that doesn't mean that you throw off the yoke of your family and culture and pave your own path and never Mm -hmm. listen to another word of advice Mm. because that's like a equally bad strategy. Mm. <laughs> Why make all the mistakes of the entire human race on your mm. own? Because you wouldn't listen to anybody else, right? Correct. Correct. But there is something about listening to the little nudges mm. that tell you to ask for something that you 
would value Mm -hmm. in the job that you have with the boss that you have in the company that you're already in, Mm -hmm. in your family, with your friends, whatever context we're talking about, Mm -hmm. asking for what you need, building skills to make you good at the stuff that you value. Mm -hmm. And you can begin to shape your life way more than people think they can. Mm -hmm. Everyone thinks, oh, but everybody, I have to be chosen and they have to offer it. And the fact is that if you exert force mm-hmm. on the world, the world will respond with opportunities and you'll still have to do things that you don't enjoy that isn't part of your great work. We mm-hmm. all do, mm-hmm. but more and more of it can start to become aligned. Mm-hmm. And the really amazing thing is if you're doing work that's aligned with your great work, mm-hmm. you're going to be so much better at it, so much more innovative, mm-hmm. so much more interesting, a better colleague, a better communicator. Mm-hmm. And that just results in more opportunity. The world wants you to do what you're good at. Correct. Because if you do what you're good at, you bring money into the company, you bring prestige to the family, like you bring what you, um, the best that you can to mm. your environment when you're doing what's aligned to your interests. Fascinating. And you, you know, exactly what you said, people, the world wants you to do things that people are good at. What you also say, people should devote themselves to work that is important to them. But mm-hmm. most people seem to be stuck in mm-hmm. roles they do not like. So mm-hmm. I want to want you to tell us about your five-step methodology uh, to help them yeah. achieve what is important to them. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, I think I mentioned earlier that improvement as a concept is the basis of my coaching model mm-hmm. and the great work method and everything that I do. Mm-hmm. And the important part about that statement is that improvement is a methodology that happens in the moments of your life or work. So like Toyota Kata is an improvement model. So it's Mm. like, where on the assembly line can I intervene, change one little thing, and then watch for the trajectories of change? Mm. I find that the human life is a similar system. Mm. If you create health somewhere in the system, health grows in the Mm. system elsewhere. Mm. So If you are in a position that you're telling yourself is not aligned, you don't care, it's in an industry you don't value, then what we need to do is to look in the moments of that and start Mm -hmm. to add value and interest and curiosity into little parts of it Mm -hmm. and then watch to see how it grows over time. Mm -hmm. So the five parts of the great work method are first, it is important to know who you are and what you like. Often when people feel really stuck, Mm -hmm. it's largely because they haven't done the work to figure out who they are, Mm -hmm. what they like, Mm -hmm. what industry do they find interesting? What Mm -hmm. part of this industry could you find interesting if you Mm -hmm. knew more about it? You know, Mm -hmm. so casting a little bit of a vision about like, who am I and what do I want from my life is just Mm -hmm. helpful information. You can't go there if you don't know where there is. Mm -hmm. Then I think it's important to understand that you have to kind of align your action to that vision all the mm-hmm. way up and down what I would call the the levels of ideas. So like your vision, what you think you can do in a year or two, that's an accessible aspiration, what you can do in the next 90 days, mm-hmm. what you can do this week to get a little closer and mm-hmm. what you can do today to get a little closer. Mm-hmm. And as you start adjusting the days, the weeks, the 90 days, the years, you find yourself in a remarkably different place mm-hmm. without ever having to have a big brouhaha, burn it down, like Mm. go do something wild and crazy. Although Mm. there's 
there are moments when that's a really valuable experience too. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people keep themselves stuck because they're afraid of the outcome. They think I have to like burn everything down in Mm. order, in order to do what I love, but it just isn't the case. Mm. Um, So there's vision and then alignment. Then you have to say no to things Mm. that will distract you from where you're hoping to go, which is very difficult for a lot of people. And then I think the last piece of it that is very, very important, especially in the world we live in today, so Mm. fast moving, is that you have to build a practice of resilience. Mm. We run so hard that we don't realize how much we are crippling our ability to be innovative and communicative Mm. and problem solving. And the things that these days in this economy and these age, those are the things that give you big success. Mm. And if you are exhausted, running on fumes, burnt out, like and really unhappy, you're unlikely to be very innovative or creative or mm. a good communicator, a good team player. Mm. So those are the the pieces that I find really yeah. move the needle. Mm. You also developed some self-assessment exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about one or two of these exercises. Yeah. Well, there are, um, so I can give you a link if you want to, uh, to like a whole vision Mm. challenge some Mm -hmm. people love these activities some people find them very overwhelming Mm -hmm. and i would follow your instinct on that Mm. Uh, but like i find that one of the things you want to do is look back Mm. at your life because there are clues there success leaves clues and they're your clues right Mm. what is the thread that runs through the work that you've loved the most that has Mm. excited you the most look back in in a sort of you know step-by-step way and look for patterns. I call that the great work thread, like Mm -hmm. what is following you. And then I think that's really helpful. And then I like to look forward, which, you know, they're really standard visioning exercises. Like imagine yourself 35 years from now receiving a lifetime achievement award. Mm -hmm. What is it for? Um, How does it feel? There are clues in those that can help you figure out where you want to go. And then I also think it's important to know what your worries are about heading in that direction. So there are some questions that you can ask yourself that will help you understand why you want it, mm-hmm. which is helpful. And then like how you're likely to self-sabotage that effort. Because mm-hmm. usually when people feel stuck, even if they know where they're going, even if they know who they are, it's because something is worrying them about what it would mean about them if they did that. My family would be unhappy. I spent all this money to go to law school. How am I now going to do this thing instead? Mm. Or, you know, my husband or my wife is going to be upset with me, whatever it is, Mm. really acknowledging those things so that you can work on it and solve it and allow yourself to move forward. Mm. So those are the kind of activities. Fabulous. Thank you. Great response. Uh, So before I move uh, to coaching, I'm going to ask all our viewers and listeners to go and check out Dr. Amanda Crowell's book, titled Great Work on Amazon, and I'm going to go and check out your book uh, as well. Yay. So, uh, uh, Amanda, now let's talk about coaching. You know, and and it was very interesting to read that you work with accidental entrepreneurs. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about accidental entrepreneurs and why have you uh, focused yourself so sharply? Yeah, So accidental entrepreneurs are people who had some kind of expertise or interest, whether that was they're experts on bilingualism in schools or they have some interest in design or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
And so then they offered their services to help people. Mm. They were just trying to help. And they woke up one day in a business Mm. and they had no intention to be in business. They didn't Mm. want a world that had marketing and sales and finances and projecting and all of the things that go into making a business successful. And what happens in those circumstances, which I know from personal experience, is that you end up in the worst hobby ever. Mm. You make very little money. All of it goes back out. You're stressed and confused. How am I supposed to get clients? How am I supposed to build a platform? And all the stuff that comes up, the entrepreneur brings entrepreneurship brings it all up, right? Like, who am I to do this? Who am I to ask people to pay me? It's like, it's so much drama, mm-hmm. plus a whole universe of things that if you were off getting a PhD, mm-hmm. you didn't go to business school. You don't understand marketing and sales and, and all of that. And so <clears throat> I focused on them because I was one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I realized like I woke up in the world's worst hobby with this coaching business. I remember a year where I made like $3,000 coaching and I paid out like $5,000 to like build my website. And I was like, this is craziness. This is, mm-hmm. this cannot be what a business is. Like people mm-hmm. are making money with businesses. and I'm like going broke over here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, in my own work, I learned how to do it for myself. And because I'm kind of one of the crew, I remember how to teach people who are not technical mm-hmm. to do technical things, who mm-hmm. are not designy to do designy things. So that those are the people that I focus on helping. And the reason I am so I, so I think it's so valuable is that these are the world's experts. Mm-hmm. They have the answers to the questions right. that we are all struggling with. And until they get a decent PR person and a good marketing person, a reasonable social media following, mm-hmm. we don't get to hear their great ideas. Mm. So I like to be a part of helping the world get the answers that it needs by making their own ideas more accessible, more consumable. Mm. Um, and then they get to have freedom and opportunities from actually making money from their business. Mm. Fascinating. And based mm-hmm. on a lot of your uh, work that you're doing with these accidental entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. what are some of the common challenges you address with them? Yeah, so I think that there's a there are there are a few. There's a massive time management, mindset management mm-hmm. conglomerate. This mm-hmm. sort of like I'm never going to have enough time to do. Sometimes they're doing it on the side of something, like it's a side hustle. And other times, like they're trying to, they've left their faculty job and they're trying to build a company that can support their lives. Mm. Um, And I think the feeling of like time pressure and not, they don't realize it, but I do that time management and mindset management, like who you think of yourself as and the way you spend your time are really inextricably linked. So there's some untangling of that so they can get clear on what they're doing, say no to the rest of it and move Mm. forward so they can get some traction. That's a big piece of it. Right. Then there's a bunch of stuff around Mm self-expression. I think as experts, they typically are not very um, they don't they don't remember that most of the world are novices on their area of expertise. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of translating things back into normal people speak helping them to understand the problems that people know they're facing, not you as the expert and you understand it from this complex point of view, but instead like 
what they're actually struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of translation that has to go into that. That's important. Mm-hmm. And I think that for a lot of us as accidental entrepreneurs, it can be very lonely. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing I work a lot at is to create a community of people doing this work that they can just be a part of. So mm-hmm. they can feel like they're, they, we're all doing the same thing. We're all supporting each other. It doesn't have to be so competitive. Cause that's the other thing. Like a lot of experts, the people I work with are like heart centered helper types. Mm-hmm. And the idea of selling and being in competition just feels so foreign and uncomfortable mm-hmm. that we need a place where we feel like that this kind of business I can do mm-hmm. this. This is my community. And that's what the great work community is about. Mm-hmm. So that's different than coaching. My one-on-one coaching is very intense, very supportive, very like targeted. The great work community is about doing it together. Mm-hmm. Three times a week, we just get together. It's like a little jet pack for your great work. It just gives mm-hmm. you a little boost of motivation. How wonderful. Um, yeah. I have two more questions, uh, Amanda. Okay. My next question is that given your amazing background and uh, your initial plans of maybe going and teaching or becoming a college professor and then mm-hmm. becoming an accidental entrepreneur and then, of course, doing so many other things, mm-hmm. how would you say your own background mm-hmm. has uh, supported your coaching philosophy, your style and your values? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think of myself, this is sort of like an in the weeds answer. I hope that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a cognitive developmentalist most of all. Mm-hmm. So like my my whole point of being a cognitive psychologist was to understand mm-hmm. and better help people develop, mm-hmm. which there are sort of two ways to think of psychology. One is a very static, descriptive thing, right? Like, this is who you are. I've given you an intelligence test. Now you have a number. Now you fit in a box. Mm. And like, that was not what I was going for. Mm. Instead, there's a whole other side of psychology that is the development side, which Mm. is like, I see where you are. I see where you're trying to go. What are the mechanisms and the systems and the structures that will help you Mm. believe enough in who you're trying to become to learn the skills and become that person? Mm. I, I started out thinking most of all about children in schools. Because I'm very concerned that until we bring more diverse voices to the table, Mm. um, a lot of students who are sort of written off and they're in schools without the resources that they need, those are the kids who are going to have the insights to solve our actual problems. Mm. Um, And so I started out thinking about that. I still think about that a lot. And then I realized that we are all like what we actually need is our entire world's population sort of unleashed Mm. into their greatest potential. Mm. So there's more positivity, more. So the story isn't what you said, like most people feel stuck in jobs they hate. Mm -hmm. How, like what happens in the world if everybody is, not everybody, but at least more people feel empowered to do what really matters to them. And they believe that they can get a little closer to that and they can feel in community with other people. Mm. A lot of the sort of undercurrents and sort of undergirding of negativity and um, a lack of opportunity that we perceive starts Mm -hmm. to give way a little bit if we feel a little more in control, a little more empowered. And so I feel like my whole life is Mm -hmm. about trying to figure out how to help people see that they have a lot more power, a lot more control, a lot more opportunity. I'm not going to tell you you're going to be the next Jeff Bezos, Mm -hmm. but you can be a lot happier 
you can be a lot more fulfilled. You can feel a lot more in community. You can feel a little less like beholden and at the mercy of like a complicated and, you know, pessimistic world. <laughs> and you can just choose that. Yep. <laughs> like, I'm yep. like, come on, guys. So let's just choose it together. This is how we actually shift the, the, like, it's kind of like the work that you're doing with this podcast, right? It's like, there are other ways to think about things. Yeah. Let's all choose to think of them that way. And who knows what could happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. The universe conspires to give you the best possible options that exist for you. Mm. Said that. But my last question to you, uh, Amanda, mm -hmm. and that is for the thousands of people who will listen to our conversation, based mm -hmm. on your, all, and your own amazing journey and all your learnings, mm. what would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away? Yeah. So I would say the first one is you don't have to start out on a big public quest mm. for greatness. Mm. It happens in the moments of your life. Mm. Look and see how can you make little changes mm. and start like a rocket, right? Like one degree of change puts a rocket mm. in a completely different country, mm. right? Like start just shifting a little. Mm. And I, People are like, how am I going to make my life better with mm. this tiny change? And I'm just like, you just watch. It's the only way actually mm. to make mm. massive change in your life. So believe me, if you can't believe yourself and give it a shot, see what happens. Mm. That's one. And then I would say, you know, surround yourself as much as you can without having to let go of the people. You know, people are like, you're telling me to, you know, turn my back on my family. I definitely mm. am not. I'm just mm. saying displace them a little if they're mm. very negative if they don't support where you're headed mm. with just people who do believe in that and we mm. have i have a community it's a low-cost community the great work community i would love to have anyone come mm. and just hang out with us because if you spend some time with people who say of course you can mm. it changes things mm. and then you wanted three lessons and then oh the third one i would say is this like it's really easy to get on fire for your great mm. work and then run really far, really fast and never rest, never exercise, not eat well and sacrifice your health, your happiness and your relationships to your great work. Mm. And, you know, as the number one cheerleader of great work in this world, I want to tell you that it's not worth those things. Mm. And it won't even be that successful mm. if you don't have the best part of your brain working on it. Mm. And that best part of your brain requires you to be healthy, happy, and have supportive relationships. Well so you need to be able to do great work without sacrificing everything else. Well said. And on that <laughs> note, uh, Amanda, and your three amazing lessons, I'm going to paraphrase them. Greatness happens in a moment of your life. You don't have to keep on mm. planning, planning, whatever. Second, you mm -hmm. said, surround yourself with people who believe in you and mm. your uh, uh, community, the great work community is something that is something you, you ask people if they're interested, they can reach out to you. And the third one you said was while great work is very important, uh, sometimes it's not really worth it to keep pursuing material things if that results in compromising mm -hmm. some of the values that you have. Thank you so yes. much for speaking to me about your amazing journey. Thank you for talking to me about your book, The Great Work. Thank you also for speaking to me about so many different aspects of coaching. Thank yes. you and good luck. And thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. 
do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.